You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Well, mama washed and combed the girl my hair and she painted my eyes and lived Then I stepped into a satin dancing dress I had a split from the side clean up to my ear It was red Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am talking to Savannah Angle, and oh my goodness, she is so funny. I have been listening to this podcast, you know, giving editing notes. She has the biggest personality. She has the best, best accent ever. I think I'm going to go on record and say best accent on Naked Beauty so far. There's been some tough competition but I love her Southern drawl. It's just so great. Yeah, she's a boss. She does amazing stuff in the PR world. I've admired her work ethic for a long time. And I just, every time I see her out socially, she's always so warm and friendly. And I was just always so intrigued by Savannah. You know, when you just feel drawn to people, she has always been like that for me. So I was so happy to have her on the show. Now for this episode, the beauty conversation comes later. You've got to wait for it a bit. We get into it a little bit, but it really, we really get into the injectables and the fillers and the butt lifts and the hair treatments. All of that comes second half. So if you're, if, if you like the show just for the beauty chat, well, actually, I mean, if you guys listen to the show, if you've been listening to Naked Beauty, if you've been part of this community, you know it's much, much deeper than beauty products. And you have to know who the person is, what their point of view is, how their worldview has been shaped to then get into the beauty routine, or at least that's what I believe. So I appreciate you all taking the journey with me, allowing me to get into the backstory because that's what I think makes the show great and what makes it unique. And I'm always trying to get different perspectives on the show. I don't want to ever talk to too many people that are the same, right? Like I don't want to ever talk to just beauty founders or just beauty editors or just women of a certain age. You know, I want to talk to women younger than me, older than me, everything in between, all different backgrounds, all different races, all different world experiences, because I think that's what makes the conversation rich and interesting and dynamic. As always, I appreciate when you guys take screenshots as you're listening to the episode, when you tag me at Naked Beauty Planet. I think that helps so many people discover the show. I'm grateful for the continued support. You guys know where to find me. I'm at Brooke DeVard on all social platforms. I'm also on Twitter too. I'm trying to get better about Twitter. And I've also been thinking about what would you guys think if I put some of my episodes up on YouTube? I have increasingly more and more video content. And a lot of people just listen to podcasts on YouTube, like in the background. So maybe it's worth uploading my back catalog onto YouTube. If anyone has experience 
specifically with bringing podcasts onto YouTube, please email me. This is a genuine <laughs> question and request. Email me at nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would be so appreciative of that. Anyone with video editing skills, YouTube skills, this is something that I really want to look into. If you just put into the subject line, Naked Beauty Video, Video YouTube, I'll figure it out. Or if you're listening to this and you know someone that has these skills, please send them my way. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay, we have to get into the episode. This is a juicy conversation. You guys are just going to love hearing from Savannah. I'm just going to play you a little snippet of her talking so you, so you get what I mean. Oh, baby, it is Southern Perfume. You do that hairspray and you curl. <laughs> I wear, I bring my hot rollers everywhere I go. I have four sets of hot rollers. Yeah. I have really intense hot rollers, yeah, so which are from like the 90s, which are super hot and make my curls really tight. And then I have my regular travel hot rollers. And then I like to cut, sometimes travel with two sets of hot rollers. Another topic we get into in this episode is mindfulness and being present and how hard that is when you're so busy sometimes. And going into this holiday season, I'm really thinking about that. Like, how do you take time for yourself, slow things down when there are a million obligations and you feel like you're being pulled in so many directions? And I keep seeing people post like, you know, they're only two months left, only three months left in 2019, like make every second count. And like, I love that. I love that energy and spirit. But that can also be draining and exhausting and nearly impossible to maximize every single moment of every single day. At the end of the day, we're humans. We need rest. We need relaxation. We need to recharge ourselves. And I have found that giving myself more and more permission to just relax and do nothing has allowed me in the moments where I do need to be on and do need to give my energy back to other people. I'm able to do that so much more readily and so much more seamlessly than if I push myself to the max every single day. So just remember, listeners, conserve your energy. I posted this quote I found the other day. It was, I'm not lazy. I'm on energy saving mode. So when you're just at home chilling and you feel like, oh, I haven't done enough, just remember like you are plugged into the charger. <laughs> you are taking a moment to relax and recharge before you go out and do all the amazing things that I know you all are doing. Give yourself permission to do that. I also love learning about how listening to the show is a part of people's self-care routines. That makes me feel very happy to know. I am still forever trying to go to bed earlier. Also, I have been putting the items that I buy on Amazon, all of my beauty faves. I've made an Amazon store for Naked Beauty. It's amazon.com forward slash shop backslash D-E-V-A-R-D, Devard, Brooke Devard. That is the Amazon store. I will link to it in the show notes, but I've been putting all of the great beauty things I discover and buy over and over again on Amazon onto that list because many of you have DM'd me and asked specifically about the sleep mask that I'm obsessed with, the silk sleep mask. I have two sleep masks that I love, both from Amazon, both very reasonably priced. Those are linked in my Amazon shop. I looked into the revenue split, the affiliate details. It is not any significant amount of money. Hopefully, if a lot of you buy stuff, I can get some credits to buy something. But it's really not about that. For me, I just want to make sure that you guys are able to benefit from all of the great stuff that I have found. Okay, get ready for the episode. If you are at work, be prepared. Savannah may cause you to break out into laughter. She is just a hoot, to use her exact words, a hoot and a holler. And I could not have enjoyed talking to her and getting to know her more. I know you guys will too. 
Thank you so much for the love and support. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If this is your first time listening or you've come back a few times, hit that subscribe button. Also, please make sure to rate and review the podcast if you love it. So there's something I want you all to know about this podcast. I don't think a lot of people know this, but I ask all of my guests what intro music they want. I give them a tight brief. I say, give me like a late 90s, early 2000s jam. Like, give me your, oh, that's my song. So I love that Savannah picked this. I think this is the first time we've had Reba as as intro music, but I'm, I'm living for it. I love it. I see the vision. She is a true Southern woman. <laughs> I'm here with Savannah Engel. Hey. And you're one of those people, like, I think pretty much the very first time we met, however many years ago, I was like, I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with your personality, your voice, everything. Are you kidding? I saw you and I was like, who is this goddess? <laughs> I was like, she is so pretty. She is so tall. She is so skinny. She is so well-spoken. And here I am. I've already had a whole bottle of wine and I can't talk. <laughs> I know. Well, you, you said you had a stressful day. You had desk sides. Oh, today? Yes. I took a new client all over desk sides. And I love desk sides because I get to see my friends that are editors and it's fun and we chat, 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 and it's fun. But Lord have mercy, the heavens opened up today. I have been soaking wet all fucking know, day. One of those sorry, I'm your... cursing. Is that bad? You can curse. Okay. You can curse. This is my a podcast. My poor mother. My poor... I'm sorry, Jan Engel. I'm sorry. You had a crazy day of desk sides. Explain what desk sides are for those who don't know. Well, desk I mean, they're kind of archaic in a weird way. Like, how often do you go bring all your product to an editor? And actually, it's easier for editors because they are so crazed. But I have a new client, Homie NYC, and she's the cutest stuff. She has all these different plates and setup. It's like setup, clean up, and prepare. All, I mean, she says it way cuter than I do. I kind of just muffled that and fucked that up. But everything's under 100. And she has all these beautiful things. And every editor was so obsessed. So we literally, it's her, she started the company in March. So we went to every publication this week. Oh my God. In three days. Like... And just, I mean, you'd think that I would have scheduled a little better, like one world, be at Condé Nast one day and then be at Hearst the next day. Nope. We're just going to switch it up and move up and down the West Side Highway yes. all day. But I feel like you're built for this. Like you I are, love it. like you are a PR. Woman. Oh my God. I love it. Are you sitting? I got to see all my editor friends and I just started chatting, gossiping, everything. I'm just yap, 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 yap. And I even cleaned their tables with the new cleaning supplies. Amazing. Have you been on a podcast? I feel like you're born to talk. I have been on podcasts and they're my favorite thing. I actually love the sound of my own voice. And I yeah. mean that in the most non whatever. You know what? I do. I love it. I'm proud <laughs> to say it. I don't care. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Green. I'm from the Delta, Mississippi. Okay, I'm from Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay. From the Delta. It's where blues music is from. Everybody should go to the Delta. It's three hours south of Memphis. It's amazing. It's a region of Mississippi. We're better looking and fun and everything than anybody else. And so how- we can read better than the rest of the state too. Oh, really? Well, I think so. I'm excited. Where's Tennessee Williams from? Tennessee actually is from the Delta. Oh, really? And so is, um, he is from the Delta. He's from either Greenwood or Greenville. Oh, my So God. my hometown, I think. Faulkner's not from the Delta, but spent a lot of time in the Delta. Um, Eudora Welty, technically not from the Delta, but spent a lot of time. Shelby Foote, Walker and Alexander Percy. You have a ton of Southern, all the Southern prolific writers. We're yeah. all really based in the Delta. And then blues music started there as well. So you have yeah. Robert Johnson, Soul of the Devil. You have Baby King. You have Blind Willie Johnson. You have Muddy Water. You have everybody. T-Model Ford, you name it. Yes. It's a fun, culturally everything I know. awesome place of coolness and i'm sure there are not that many people from mississippi that you see out and about 
between New York and L.A. and all of your work stuff? No, but you'd be surprised. There's plenty of us up here. We're all related. <laughs> Not really. We're all buddies. We're all friends. We're all friends. We don't know each other. So how did you get into PR? Oh, my God. It was an accident. So technically, I was at SMU and I was I had to, you know, I'm competitive or whatever. And so like I was a triple major and then almost had a fourth major. You name it. I was actually going to human rights. Okay. So I was spending time in Africa and doing a lot of work. I was the Fulbright finalist for bright burning work in India. Wow. And then I had gotten into law school for human rights, um, several law schools. And then I was also applying to doctorate programs to do refugee studies. So this was not the plan. (laughs) But I had had one internship. I was living in Paris, studying abroad. I had one internship at Michael Kors. And I had a great time. I actually think I was a completely worthless intern. To all my interns that work for me now, do not... Listen, <laughs> do what you were doing. <laughs> Don't listen to me right now. I was set. I think I was worthless. I was hungover every day. I'm sorry. I said it. Uh, and so, I, but either way, Michael and I actually, my, um, my old boss, Leah Jacobson, who was like my first boss, she actually, so I was on homecoming court at SMU. Whatever, big like you were like a homecoming queen. I was on the court. I was first runner up. Thank oh you. Oh my very god! Much. I'm really proud of that. Wait, okay. Can I? Tell Everybody you can make fun of me. If my friends from SMU are listening, they will make fun, so much fun of me. But I am so proud of it. Okay, but can I tell you why that's surprising? Because I feel like from like I have a stereotype of what a southern beauty queen looks like, like the big hair, the big like. We will get into my hot rollers in a second. Sis. <laughs> okay, we're not to my hot rollers. Okay, yet. okay. I'll, let me, let you me don't understand my, bra- hot... my I live, breed, and am hot rollers. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll get, get there. Okay. We are not there in the we're beauty not podcast there yet. yet. Okay. No, but I um, was going to human rights and Leah called me and was like, you have an internship. Because one day I was sitting on the like, I think I went to the wrong floor that I shouldn't have gone to. And I'm flipping through clothes that I shouldn't have been on. And I'm flipping through the rack and I go, oh, I love the shit out of that. I had no idea that Michael Kors was standing beside me. Oh, my God. Horrified. Horrified. He's cackling because he's just the funniest human in the world. That Long Island accent. And I'm just like horrified but i guess you remember i don't know what happened yeah, or leah out. was doing it for me let's be honest leah was pushing and i took the internship i took the internship then i got called i'm finishing my i had to do an extra semester of college because i had too many damn majors and i got a call and they were like come up to new york and i was like sure i can be there tomorrow yeah because right now it's a recession like it's 2008 2009 like yeah, nobody can get a job i'm competing it's everybody yeah. years above me and so it was amazing myself <laughs> And so I took it. I got the job. And so I actually did all my, I wrote three theses from New York. Oh my God. I didn't sleep. I wrote them. I didn't have a life my first month. I moved up the next for, next morning. I was doing a press day and Anna Wintour and Vogue was the first appointment. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Oh so, did, so, so growing up, were you aware of the fashion? Oh world? my God. Of course, my mother was an um, executive at Wrangler, one of the first female executives okay. at oh, Wrangler. Wow, that's so she cool. worked in fashion forever. And okay. she was a so buyer and everything. Yeah, yeah. Everybody always thought I was going to go into fashion. Okay. I just didn't. I mean, I was like trying. You were fighting it. I always wanted to be in New York, right? Yeah. And like I was fighting it, but at the same time, I also knew that's what was going to happen. But yeah. then I wanted to save the world. So there was a lot of like things happening. Yeah. What were you like as like a young girl? I mean, I am the literal same, same person, but I am also a living, breathing definition of an ADHD child. Okay. Like super a, hyperactive. Oh my God. My parents had me on a leash. I was like the kid <laughs> like that was on li- Ritalin like at like a, four. A like I'm the poster leash? child of like Ritalin and like, oh, look, she didn't end up in juvie. It's Wait, yeah. But like a literal leash? Because I've seen like kids on a harness. 100%. Oh 
<laughs> and you know what, mom and dad? I found the harness. And by the way, it has muddy paws on it, which means you put me in a dog harness. I know. Oh my God, I saw it. I'm dead right now. It was a green one. It was adorable. And I still got away with it. Oh, my God. I have to tell you all the story. <laughs> there is a hilarious video of us at Disney World. Yeah. Oh, my God. So my dad, first of all, hey, is just the best. My mom is best. If y'all want to follow a fun account, Daddy Ingle. He's a hoot. I'll link to it in the show. He's a hoot. <laughs> he is a star on Instagram, and I've media trained him at this point. Anyway, so we are all we we're at Disney World, right? Yeah. And my dad is just like a soft spoken man. He's got his like khaki shorts on, and his high waist, his like thigh high knee socks. Yeah, well, not yeah. thigh high. What are there's athletic socks? Yeah, guys, polo on. He's ready to go. Mom's sitting there. We're in front of like a royal, I can't say I cannot say the princess's name. I have a speech impediment. I think a Woolworth's castle, whatever. You know what I'm trying to know, say. No, I don't know. Oh my god, it's Sleeping Beauty's castle. You okay. know the big castle okay, in Disney yeah, yeah, World, yeah, 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 Florida. Iconic. Yes. And so we're sitting there, and Daddy, remember the bit? I don't even know if y'all remember that, but remember the big video cameras that were big and black, of and you had to like sit yeah. on your phone, like it's like on your shoulder, and you're moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, my sweet sister, Alexa, is just the most precious. Like, she was the most angelic cherub. She was like this beautiful child. Like, I was Satan, but like, (laughs) mom literally is like, you're Spawn. (laughs) And so it's a joke in our family that I'm Spawn. They also like call me Scarlet and they call her Melanie, which is bullshit. First of all, I'm very sweet and lovely. (laughs) And yeah, she's adorable and sweet and melody-like. But these are Gone with the Wind references, everybody. Gone with the Wind references. You're at Disney World. So we're at Disney World. And literally, all of a sudden, my dad is just like zooming in on my sister. My sister's sitting there with a balloon looking so pretty, just smiling in front of the castle. And he's just like, look at my pretty little girl. Look how sweet. All in the background, you start hearing screams. Now, you hear them come closer and closer, and you keep hearing the screams come closer and closer. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see this little gremlin run across the screen, and there's like a long green string (laughs) running after her. And then you see my mother being like, catch her! Lee, grab her! And all all my dad on a leash running after me because I got loose. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you see my dad just go, and there's your sister and your mama. Isn't that fun? They're running. Your sister got loose. That's literally oh what it's saying on the camera. Oh, my God. How funny is that? That's, but you know what? It's I, a hoot story. Can I tell you, though, that I think that ADHD is also a superpower? My mind is everywhere at all times. Right. But also you can process things quickly and you can connect the dots quickly and you can it's true. just... I'm perfect. I know. Yeah. Thanks. It's like a blessing. Bless. <laughs> Bless up. And maybe this is like a stereotype of the stuff. And also, let me be honest, I have never been to Mississippi. Why? I don't know. I know I need to go. You need to come. But like race relations. Look, we, do we want to get into that? No, I mean, Mississippi let's... might have one of the most torrid and dark past you right. could possibly imagine. Yeah. My grandparents actually were civil rights activists and they actually shot Selma and we were close with MLK. Oh, wow. Um, but... It was a different time. It was a what very was it like dark... for you in high school? Like, was it? You have to understand that we start learning civil rights history and everything in the second grade. Really? While wow. y'all are learning, you take one semester out of it. Yeah, it is we like, like don't we, learn they it. do everything in their power to not read. Mm. It is very taboo to even speak of it. I never even heard the N word as a child. Really? I didn't. Maybe I was covered. Maybe I was more in an educated circle. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it is very taboo, and it's something that people are pushing. Tours. And you have to also look at Mississippi. I mean, we could go into Mississippi. It is, I hate saying this because I'm very proud of my state, but like Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, we're looking at third world America. Mm. We're looking at poverty levels that are extreme. Mm-hmm. And no one ever can understand it unless you're truly from there. Yeah. You're looking at education levels where there's 72% illiteracy rates. And then you're also looking at it from the point that we have the worst education system. 
And it is a continually a cycle of abuse within the education. Like it right. doesn't, and it's, there are no jobs. Yeah. There is no education. Right. There is no, you know, you're looking at a regress of the American culture in a sense. And then you're looking at these states trying to get a bomb. Yes, we still vote mostly Republican. Yes, but most people are Southern Democrats to the part, mm, certain extent yeah. where you are socially liberal. You just kind of want to keep your money. Right, right. It's right. horrible Well, but you know it. what? I think it's really powerful that you have this background because we always talk about diversity, especially in areas like fashion. Look, I'm a white Southern woman, right? Right. Who came from a fairly, like, pro- like I had everything I ever wanted in life, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. here am I, like Little Miss Princess. At the same time, you know, I saw firsthand... I mean, absolute power. You see yeah. things. You see. I think that there's such a disconnect between America. Like America New is York massive. And, what yeah. people forget. There's like New York and L.A. New York and, and L.A. are people. their own countries. I, exactly. They are their own countries, yeah. and you yeah. forget that. Yeah. You forget, and even when I'm abroad, like people are talking to me about different things, and I'm like, I, I think you forget how big America is. Totally. And I think you forget that North Dakota thinks completely different than the way Iowa thinks. Yeah. Thinks completely different than the way Southern Florida. I mean, yeah. look at Florida. Florida thinks three different ways at all times. Totally. I mean, you're literally looking and Mississippi has made so much movement. I grew up as a minority. Mm-hmm. It's 83% African-American where I'm from. Mm-hmm. I am a minority. Right. And it's so you grew up around black people. You're com- like, it's not, it wasn't forever. like a culture shock coming to New York and being and like, oh my I God. Know, God, I feel so bad that I'm probably saying this, but like, I feel like I meet a lot of people in New York who didn't grow up in a diverse environment. Oh, a thousand, I mean, I and grew I up sit here. there and I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. And you can like, you can't speak to it unless you really totally, ex- I, God, I, I hope this does not come back to haunt me. No, Lord no. have mercy. But it is so different because you're so hyper aware of it when you're in the deep South. I think so. At least I was always hyper aware. It's part of the reason, you know, when I was going to become a lawyer, I wanted to work at Southern Poverty Law Center, Mm -hmm. SPLC. Yeah. Right. That's the dream. Of course. If you want to work in that, that's what you want to do. Yeah. I had a possible internship there. Like, that's what you wanted yeah. to do. But then you were at my course. <laughs> so there. OK, but let's get into the. Sorry. The, but your, race, anyway, Mississippi, you have to go. It's I know. An I'm going to go. Place. And you'll give me the whole it's list. It's culturally incredibly. OK. It's, you know, the Deep South is a wonderful place. You will be welcomed. Tell me about it the is, beauty culture. Tell me about the beauty culture. There. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Now we get to the fun part. Yeah. Oh, baby. It is Southern perfume. You do that hairspray and you curl. <laughs> I wear, I bring my hot rollers everywhere I go. I have four sets of hot rollers. Okay. I have really intense hot rollers. Wait, so which what are, are from like the 90s, which are super hot and make my curls really tight. And then I have my regular travel hot rollers. And then okay. I like to sometimes travel with two sets of hot rollers. And you know what? I must say, I'm calling you out, Allie O'Neill, designer of Markarian. She always shits on my hot rolling hair. I think I look glorious and beautiful like how, Dolly. How do you do the hot rollers? Oh, my God. I can do hot rollers easier than anything. You just, it's just like a regular curler. No. Okay. I've never used a hot roller. Section your hair okay. and you roll it. And you sleep with this at night? No, they're heated. Oh, so it's just an instant thing. Oh, you're thinking of velvet rollers. Those are great yeah. too. That was okay. my entire childhood. Okay. Oh, my God. Love it. So so this like the higher the hair, the closer to God thing. It's the best. I okay. love looking Southern and have my hair out. Amazing. But also I think like the prim and proper thing is beautiful as well because I feel like everything's it is, become so but that is prim. We grew up, I mean, I curled my hair every day before school since like the fourth grade. And I started wearing makeup in the sixth grade. What? Like we, this is the most exciting thing. Like that was the most exciting thing is that I have eyeliner today. (laughs) I got my eyebrows done. Like it's very different in Southern culture, right? Southern women, not a bad way. I mean, it's it's very true. It's like, did you put rouge on your face, sweetie, before you go outside? Right, right. Like I sometimes, my mother is just like, why are you walking around without makeup? And I'm like, I'm tired. Right. And it's like New York, so whatever. People don't care. People I don't look care. like I haven't slept yeah. in days, and yeah. it's fine. 
But in the South, I never walk out of the house without makeup on. Right. It's not acceptable. It's just like, it's not it's not acceptable, but you want to present your best foot forward. Right. Right. And that's kind of the way a Southern woman is. We don't, you know, we, it's now so much more that you wear like spandex and things. My mother still to this day, is like, stop. You are not allowed to wear spandex outside the house. Unless you're going to Pilates. <laughs> She's like, please cover your rear end. Right. You look very promiscuous. Oh my God. That's hysterical. She's like, I can see everything, oh Savannah. Well, so I have to always wear like, I have to change. I, you know what, though? What I love about you and your personality is I think a lot of people come to New York City and figure like, I have to tone it down. Like, I have to basically... Why the form- hell would I lose my accent or tone this but, down? But, but you can understand why, of course. Totally. Because I people mean, probably feel like they'll be discriminated against or they won't like course, fit in. sound like an idiot or something but like, like that. But like Michael Kors probably wouldn't have been like, oh, who's that? You know, like, I feel like there's something about just owning who you are and showing up as that everywhere you go Absolutely. that helps you just stand out. I mean, people are like, sometimes your accent gets thicker. I'm like, hell yeah, I have don't control it. Yeah. I just let my thing go. Yeah, exactly. There are times and I go home just to like pick it up again. I love having an <laughs> accent. I love being Southern. Yeah. I'm so proud of where I'm from in the Delta. I'm so proud of the way I grew up. I love it. That's amazing. Why would I ever want to... When I meet Southerners, I meet them all the time. And it actually drives me crazy. I'm sorry to everyone. But it drives me insane when I meet a Southerner. And they're like, oh, I got rid of my accent. I was like, what were you, a musical theater major? Like, you weren't a theater major. What the fuck would you get rid of your accent? Be proud of the way you sound. Everybody else... Look, nobody else is getting rid of their accent. Nobody is working super hard to get rid of it. Code switching is a thing where a lot of black people switch the way that they speak, depending on the audience. A hundred percent. I, but that also can like that happens anywhere. And that's yeah. the same way when I go back home, I can speak a little bit more country and I can speak a little bit not. It just depends yeah. on where you are. Yeah. Depends on your situation. Yes. So in the PR world, the glamorous PR world, where I know you are like glamorous. such a boss, but also cutthroat and also like about your money, which I really respect. I know we've had some career salary negotiation conversations mm-hmm. and you're like, ask for the, this amount of money am, or else no, don't. Here's the thing. I am so so good at telling other people how to do their money and how to ask for money and what to negotiate. Mm. But me being Southern and not talking about money ever and that being inappropriate, I'm like, oh, I'll do it for free. Yeah. Which is now why I have a business manager who's like, stop being stupid. Don't do this. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You, But for a client, I I will literally... Yes. Cut a bit. You work with mostly fashion clients, personalities. And some personalities try it, but to be honest, I enjoy the fashion more. Okay. And I do more celebrity dressing for people. So okay. I do a lot of celebrity dresses, Name, name us some fun. of your fabulous clients that you've gotten to work <gasps> okay, with. Okay, I have gotten to work. Well, I was at Cor- Michael Kors forever. Okay, which and is legendary. I was legendary. at Barnes, which was amazing. And then I was at First Access where I worked with, that was actually fascinating because I got to work on the talent side, which is like Zayn Malik, Ellie Goulding, Rita Ora, Iggy. So that's kind of helped with my career as well, learning how that works. Anyway, but I work with Mark Harian, which is how I really started my company. And then I work with Homie and I work with Marlo Laws. I work with Diesel. I work with Cherry Los Angeles, which is kind of a mixture between like luxury and streetwear. Cool. But then I've worked with everybody from, you know, I work with a ton of different agencies as well. Yeah. So like I've worked for Masoni and I've worked on self-portrait and I've worked with like the communication store and I've worked with John Elliott and I've worked with all these different brands, which is fun because it gives you a completely different perspective Mm -hmm. considering I didn't come from the agency PR world. I came from in-house, which I love drinking the Kool-Aid. Sorry, that's inappropriate, but I love it. Um, <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about your work with First Access? I feel like one of the things that you don't see from the outside. I mean, we is, both worked for Elizabeth. Yes, we both. I'm sorry, for, Elizabeth Mitchell. We have to give a shout out. out. Shout She's out fucking to Elizabeth amazing. Mitchell, who I love. We but, love her so I mean, much. She introduced She's me to my husband. Exactly. She's so good. She's a boss bitch to learn from. She really is. But that art of a public persona and their image, right? So mm-hmm. like Zayn Malik is talented. Yes, but he's also an image that has been 
very carefully crafted it's over curated. time and curated. And it's like, it's all, even like designers that you work with, even if they have a brand, it's not just enough to be talented. You have to also no. have a signature it's, look. and Especially like a, in this world now. Yeah. Like, I just did an interview with another thing for who's profiling my company. And we are, it is so much more accessible than it ever was. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that you're now in a person's hand. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a funny thing. Michael used to tell this story. There was a point where, I don't even know if I can tell the story, but um, I think it was Deborah Messing. And maybe I'm remembering the story differently, but this is a very beautiful story. It was a point where like people would just come up to her on the street and be like, hey, Deborah, how are you? And Michael, I think, said to her, he was like, that was weird. Why were they doing that? And I don't remember who told me. Either Michael told me the story or somebody else told me the story. I can't remember. And she was like, here's the reason. I'm in their TV. Mm. I'm not on a movie screen. I'm right. in their home. I'm, I'm in their bedroom. Yep. I'm in the, th- they feel like a different connection yeah. to me which is very true. So now look at social media. You're in somebody's hand. You're on the toilet with them. Right. Do you know what I mean? You're literally like at their dinner table. You're in the cab with them. You're on the subway with them. You're before they go to bed at night. You're the first thing they'll yeah. go when they wake up. That is an entirely different, I mean, it's almost insane without knowing it subconsciously, you feel attached to this person. Like totally. you know this person. Oh my God. So think about that with the fashion industry. Now an industry that you never had access to, you feel entirely attached. Totally. You're behind You're the watching scenes. people. You see things. Yep. You feel accessible. Now, what do you, I think that's done to our industry? In a way, it's built us into this wild, wild west situation. At the same time, it's completely changed the old world of fashion, which sometimes I miss with the structure and the allure and the, I mean. I think we miss it because we saw it. We saw it. When we were young and impressionable. Everything we wanted was to, it was so hard to get into Oh my gosh, of course. It was impossible. It was just a a different, a totally different thing. I remember when the fashion week shows were at Bryant Park. Do you remember that? Um, I worked multiple shows at Bryant Park. I mean, the ideal thing was it was across the street from Michael Kors. So I just had to take a push cart and push my things across the street. It's nostalgia. It's nostalgia. It's nostalgia. And it's changed. It's like my days of like remembering when I was like keeping Anna's coffee hot. Oh my gosh, but you interned at Vogue? No, I just, oh, when just, she would come for an right, appointment, like I kept it. it hot. I, I wanted know. it to be perfect. I know, of course. But like, I love that. I know. I loved that. But it honestly, things, things are getting better. You know what's interesting to me though? I feel like beauty is so much further than fashion is. hundred percent. Like, beauty just, and I would honestly say jewelry as well. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, like the jewelry industry too. I feel like beauty, like they just get it from a diversity perspective and casting. They get it from like a marketing perspective. They can too. They like are thinking outside the box because they have to, to progress. They have to, to make right, sales, right? Right, right. That's the amazing part of beauty mm-hmm, is that- so competitive that you have to be innovative. Exactly. Yeah. And also beauty is the way a woman really looks. Like mm-hmm. you have to notice that there needs to be more shades. Yes. Right? Like yeah. you, you. That it's just a fact of the matter. Right. You have to be inclusive. Right. It has to be. Right. You can't just have two shades. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, right. white and a black doesn't work. Right, right. He will- that's not the case. Right. Exactly. But you could argue the same thing for fashion, that they could look and see, well, they're women of all sizes, but somehow most of them seem to end at size 12 and Absolutely. not go beyond and that's that. that's something that the industry is finally catching on to. I don't know why it takes them a little bit longer, but they do. Yeah. Fashion's just like slightly behind. It's always behind. It's behind in social media. It's behind always. They, it just, especially when it, I mean, these new brands, these emerging brands are so, that's why I love working with emerging talent because it's talent being brands it's exciting to see the way they think and the way they're thinking outside the box. Yeah, of course. You know, it's cool to watch that because you're looking at people who haven't really worked in that corporate environment that you and I were in right, for right. so long. And they haven't been beaten down by it. Right. right? And so. it's like, do I, did I thrive in a corporate environment? Surprisingly, yes. Did I succeed? <laughs> Surprisingly, Surprisingly, yes. Yeah. You would not think that I would do so in such no, an environment. Of no, but you're smart and you're hardworking. And that's really at the end of the day, what determines success. Totally. And, but yeah, I think beauty is a fascinating space and I'm dying to get into it, like work in it. Anyone listening would be privileged to have you as 
like come to me savannah angle pr you know what's interesting i have to ask you this and i'm asking like on air but like it's a serious question people approach me about doing pr for me i'm like a team of one i have this podcast i've grown it myself i have advertisers on the show i've gotten great press mentions like best new beauty podcasts and stuff like that but i don't what do you want I think, yeah, what do you get, I, I guess what do you I want out of it. That's where I'm struggling. It's so like, like, what, what you, value will I get from having things. PR? I don't think there's any lack of value. Like, people want to raise your profile. I don't think right. that hurts. I think it always helps. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what kind of profile do you want raised? Do you want your profile raised in press only, or do you want to start getting brand deals? I see. I see. Do you know, do you want to start getting paid to go places? But I yeah, don't know. Really. I mean, I have here's got the a full time job. <laughs> Brooke, you have a full time job, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think taking on PR would hurt. You should have somebody constantly pitching out this podcast. Really? Yes. But, but like, is that worth paying for? This drives me crazy. I love this question. PR is so hour heavy. Literally, you work hours. Oh, of course. Publicist. Building relationships. I Yes, it's totally I mean, you know it. everyone. I ran into you at San Ambrose and you were just like saying hello to every table. Like, <laughs> like this is my living room. Like, oh, hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, my gosh. You guys just got engaged. And I was like, but that's I mean, that's what PR is all relationships, right? It's totally relationships at the same time. And you're I always on the clock. I mean, I literally just had this. Somebody was like, how do you disconnect? I was like, I don't. I have right. no idea how right. to disconnect. Right. People are like, you should meditate. I'm like, great. So I can actually be with my thoughts. But I am working on that, that okay. meditation thing. Yeah. Like, meditation is really hard for me. It's the hardest. Yeah. And I try to go, you know, mindful down on yep, it or whatever. Because I like it because I need to be told. It's just like yeah. why I like workout classes and I don't go to the gym. I need to be told what to do. Exactly. Same. same like same, I, same. People are like, use Headspace. I'm like, oh, great. So I can like stare at my wall and then start doing my dishes and then forget yes, things. No. Like, no. Mindful. No. Mindful is, I think, like the best meditation experience I've had. It's awesome. I love it. It's really nice. It's really relaxing. I like their tea. Yeah. Things are great. No, I know. But then it's like also like there's some irony in paying to sit and be quiet. Like... I mean, it's also our generation, the fact that like we are actually even acknowledging it. Sure. We can even go into the whole issues of mental health after that. But I think that the fact that people are willing to acknowledge the fact they should meditate and they're they're willing to pay for it, I think that's a great thing. Yeah. People will pay for things and if that makes them do it, yeah. do it. So you were saying PR is hour heavy. Oh, it's PR is so time absorbing. Right. Like yeah, it takes I'm sure. People always are like, Oh no, that'll be easy for you. No, no, no. It's like thousands of emails. It right. is so oh, I know. much. I know. It's just why I have like a hate-love relationship with it sometimes, right? Don't we all? With our careers sometimes? I mean, I would love... It's just this nature of the beast, right? Like, you love your career. It's great. And you're really good at it, right? You're good. And so then you love it even more. Of course. Of course. And then the more time you put in and the more hours you put in... And then you can't get... You get addicted to it. And I'm totally addicted to the job. And I think that's the only thing that you really equal success. I literally just finished doing an interview with another publication for my company. They're like... What advice would you give to these to the youth culture? Get addicted to your job if you want to actually survive in New York City, at least, or in PR. You have to get addicted. You kind and of I know have that's to. Probably not the I advice know. as I pour it's... more wine. No, you <sighs> know what though? I'm happy you're saying that because I'm sorry. Everybody's like, no, fine, work work life balance. balance. Yeah. Do you know what I believe in? Not though? If I you want to succeed in New York. I believe in work life integration. Oh, I respect that. That's the beautiful you know? way to say it because I integrate my work life into every aspect of my life. Like, <laughs> I right. That's what I do. That's have have the two that comp- love it so much that the two can complement each other. And, that's what and I it's do. not like you're just dying to leave at five o'clock. And thank God I am like in PR in that sense, because I love people. Like, I yeah. think I'm only good at one thing in my life. and It's people. Like, I really do. I don't think yeah. I'm really good at anything else. Like, I take banjo lessons right now, and I'm terrible at music. Like, I love <laughs> I music. you're taking banjo and, lessons. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with it. But I also, like, I'm, you know, it's like sports. I played every single sport. Did I have a lot of heart? Yes. Did I have any athletic abilities or any talent? Nope. Right. You know, it's like, what am I good at? I'm good at people. 
Yeah. And I love people throw me into a room with 300 people I don't know. And I just like, you know how Same, some people I love are like, people too. throw me into a room and trust me, give me two hours and I will know every single person there and be their best friend and yeah. love them. You're built for this. You're built for this. Okay. I need to get into your beauty food. Oh yeah. Sorry. But also, we could talk for hours. I, know. I love this. I, know. I love so this. Bro, can I come back? Maybe? Of course. Come back. OMG. People, OMG. You can definitely come back. I mean, we went just, into like race relations in Mississippi. We went deep here. Of course. This is what this is what the show's about. You see all the things. You have this very interesting background from the South. I'm very curious to know what your like favorite beauty products or treatments are. Okay. I will first say, well, here's the thing that's changed my skin a ton. So first of all, I used to go to tanning beds and I used to literally, wow. okay. here, you're going to love that's this. Really you know, Afrosheen? You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Yeah, of course. Okay, I used to spray it all over my body and lay in the sun. (laughs) I am actually dead right now. Mm -hmm. And everybody did it. We all did it. We would buy our Afrosheen bottles and spray it all over our bodies and land the sun. Oh my God. That's this is a white people thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is the whitest person thing you could ever Wait, imagine. I don't even know what to say about that. How, <laughs> how old were you when you were doing that? Oh, I started at 11. <laughs> Spraying Afrosheen. <laughs> Wait, that's really bad. Oh, it's horrible. I used to lay like... And so you would just get like a golden bronze. Oh, I would. Yes. And then I used to go to tanning pads. There was... <laughs> Oh, oh my God, this is so Mississippi. I have to tell you, you're going to think I'm like complete trash, but I promise I'm not. Mississippi is a wonderful place. There was this hilarious tanning bed. So you went to the nice tanning beds and there was this called the redneck tanning bed. Oh and it was God. so funny. It was literally in the middle of a field and there was a little mailbox where you put a dollar in. Yeah. Nobody was judging it and you'd just go in oh and you'd God. lay in the tanning bed. Which without first supervision. Of all, without so supervision, dangerous. which also A, definitely unsanitary, B, terrifying. Yeah, See? like skin cancer. Like, like, that's terrifying. I was terrible. I was terrible with my skin. And I used to bronze. Oh my God. So when did you stop abusing your skin in this way? I mean, I still sort of bronze, but I try not to. Probably okay. only in, not until I turned 29. Really? Kid, well, I stopped going to tanning beds after college. Like, then okay. it was like, come on, Saf. Don't okay. go to tanning beds. Like, well, you love a spray tan. 32. Okay. About to be 33 in January. Oh my gosh. You look January 26. I want all the birthday gifts. Okay, coming up. But wait, do you wear sunscreen every day? Yes, of course. Okay, good, good, good. But anyway, what I was saying, the best beauty treatment that I've done is with, I have to give a shout out to my dermatologist. She is incredible. Yes. Her name is Dr. Laura Palmasano. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to okay. send it to you. She's amazing. Okay. She's a Schweiger Dermatology. She's the best. Anyway, we started doing heavy glycolic peels every two weeks. Ooh, okay. Which I know sounds weird. Like, it's not like the glycolic, which I love Kane and Austin, like the best. Like, this is more heavy duty. Mm. Because like a regular peel, I cannot do my skin so sensitive. Because it literally, my chest looks like a bird shat on it. 
Like the sun damage is like terrible. You have like spots. Yes, it's okay. disgusting. Like it's like, ooh, look at the eighty-year-old woman over there. Okay, oh, I'm fuck. sure. I'm sure it's not that. So wait, you're doing glycolic peels all the way to the chest, level. all the way to the chest and the face. And I started these about three years ago, two years ago, really, okay. two years ago intensely, and it has completely changed the skin of like my skin. It's like new skin. It's, it's like your second chance. It's unbelievable. That's like, look amazing. at me. I look young. Oh my god! I mean, yeah, you look great. Also, genetics, y'all. You're also you're 32. You're yeah, 32. I know, but genetics also has a play in it. Like my mother, like she looks so young. My father looks so young. Yeah, and they are look very, very young for their age. Yeah. So it's also genetics of is course. a portion of that, obviously, always. But you can do things against that. I feel like the glycolic peels have really changed my life. Okay. I also started using this new product called. Wait, we have four products actually. Okay. But and I have to write it down. So Laura, Dr. Laura, gave me this. It's by a. I don't know this brand, but I now buy all my products for my derm. So it's called Skin Better Science and it's the Auto Defense Face Serum. And there's a nighttime version and a daytime version. And I will tell you, my skin has never looked so plump really? and beautiful from Do you know it. what's in it? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. I don't ask questions. <laughs> you just I use. just place. I know. So yeah. against the naked beauty. <laughs> you know what? That's The natural okay. beauty. I'm like, put it on my face. That's fine. And then, you know what? I am not ashamed of this. I started doing Botox preventative at 29. This is, no, this is, first of all, very common. And there's no shame. I love Botox. Really? I love it. Wait, people love Botox. Now it makes me want to do Botox. Oh my God, I love it. Like, first of all, it's like, what emotion is she? I don't know. Who cares? It's like you're but unreadable. Laura does it so well on my face. And it's like during fashion week, I was like, Where do you like, get Botox done? Laura. No, but where on your face do you? Oh, oh my God. Forehead and then around my eyes because I don't really need it anywhere else. Like, I think my neck looks super old, but oh, I'm not okay. there yet. No, no. Wait, so. And how many like syringes do you do? I don't really know it's because I'm one of the person who just enjoys the experience and I like the, the gossip times I get to have. Oh my God. With so my painful. derm. No, it's not that bad after a while. Really? And so we go. How often do you do it? I mean, like I do lower dosages every four months because I just like enjoy the experience. Oh, wow. It's like a, I like enjoy beautifying things. Yeah. Well, of course. Like I have fun and like going. And it's instant. Exactly. Wait. Okay. When I raise my eyebrows, do I have like, could I do this? No, literally black. Don't crack. Like you're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> But people are obsessed with Botox. I love it. I love it. And I started at 29. So you're four years into your Botox journey. I love it. Do you wish you had started sooner? No, I didn't think I needed to. I think it's weird. Like a lot of my friends started like 22 and I'm like, that's weird to me. I I just like, there's no, there's actually no wrinkles on your face. What are you doing? And so do you think that it's one of those things that's worth paying for? A hundred thousand percent. Okay. Oh my God. So yeah, I love it. And, but you have a dermatologist that you trust, which is very important. Like I always totally. tell people, like don't bargain hunt when it comes to injectables. No, and like Laura's very good, and she's amazing. If y'all want to follow them on Instagram, it's Derm Duo. She and her twin sister—they're both dermatologists. That's so cute, yeah. so cute. Okay, so Botox, you're a fan of any other beauty treatments or products? Oh, you know what? I just started using. Actually, I started last Christmas, and I did the whole. It's called my hair journey. Okay. So like, I and the girl that had to wash her hair twice a day. I have really thin hair. I wash my hair. I actually enjoy a shower. My hair gets greasy. I don't know what it is. And I know everybody's like, oh, no, you just need to stop washing your hair so much. I've tried that. It doesn't work. My hair is just greasy. Yeah. It's just like a messy, like after throughout the day, I don't have soft, luxurious hair that I had that morning. Okay. So I started using Hair Story. And I think it's from the found, I think. Oh, my God. Not quote me. It's called Hair Story. Okay. And it's by the founders, I think, of Drybar. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Do background. Do background. (laughs) Okay. Well, Elijah will look into it. But it's not shampoo. It's not conditioner. Okay. It's, and so it took my hair being so um, 
having to wash it all the time. Like it took my hair probably eight good weeks to the point where I was going crazy and like calling the self-help line. Because oh my I, my friend Lo Bosworth, who has love and wellness. Like Low of the Hills fame? Yeah, she's, she's one of my best friends. She's one of my best friends. She's the best. Oh she's the best girl ever. She was like, Sav, you have to start using this hair stuff. And yeah. I was like, okay, fine. She goes, this completely changed the texture of my hair. You got to use it. And I was like, fine. She goes, it takes a second, but you have to believe in it. I was like, okay, I'll believe in it. And then I read all the things about it. And they're like, you just have to stick with it. You have to believe in it. Took my hair probably eight weeks to normalize. And when it normalizes, it kind of gets greasy because, and they give you this amazing dry shampoo to do it. But like, it took my hair a second. I will tell you right now, I have never had such luscious, beautiful curls. My hair is incredible. I get people stop me on the street and they're like, well, I have beautiful hair because of hair story. Wow. This is like an ad for them. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hair story. Everyone do it. It's amazing. And it's awesome, but it takes, like, you have to stick with it. Like, I, yeah. I didn't stop. It's one of those programs. I where, like, stayed with it. it. Yeah. I did it. It took, I was ugly for a few months, and I just stuck with it. It's like retinol. Mm-hmm. You've got to just, like, push through. Oh, my God. Best. I love trazodone and retinol. I love Yes, same. Tra- not trazodone. That's a sleeping pill. Um, Tazerac. <laughs> Tazerac. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Um, I, like, put it on spot treatments. The best, like, yeah. whenever I get a spot, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. And then my other beauty, I'm sorry, but. I get eyelash extensions every two weeks and I've been doing wow. it for 10 years, which means I am actually bald, which fine. <laughs> I am bald. I'm fine. I have You're no eyelashes. Like, and when yeah. they go away, I look like the Grim Reaper, but it is fine because when I have them, for me, I hate getting manicures. Like, look at my nails. There's you know what though? dirt under my nails. It's so funny because like manicures have been a hot topic on the show because I talked to this nail artist and she totally changed my perception of manicures and how important they are. And it actually does make a huge difference to like have your nails done. Like you just look down and they're nice. 100%. But for me, I'm so impatient. and I, I don't feel like, like sitting there. Yeah, same. I just feel like everything I have to do is more important. And I just hate it. I don't like sitting there. Yeah, I, I don't it. like doing it. It makes, I hate it. I just like don't like it. But then when you do it, doesn't it feel great? Yeah. I mean, my nails yeah. are beautiful and they're yeah. like clean and my cuticles aren't like halfway through right. my nail. Right. And it's not like hang nail central. But you you basically love doing the two weeks. You know, your eyelashes are going to be done. And I then love it's like it. But done. you know what I love is laying down. I get my foot massage. Oh, I get my hand massage. Where are you getting it done? Okay. I'll give you my two places. Yeah. So I go to Ebenezer's. Okay. I go to 32nd Street location. You should go to Sarah. She's my girl. Okay. And then I go to Bling Lash. Oh, I know Bling Lash. Okay. Well, there's only two places I go. Okay. That's the only two shit I fuck yep. with. It makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. They look great. And then um, I also get my hair trimmed every six weeks. Okay. Also amazing. His name is Jorge. If you need his number, DM me. So those are your things. Do you do what any... else is my thing? Do you do makeup? Any makeup faves? I used to be a big like La Mer skincare. Well, I love La Mer skincare. It's just sometimes a little heavy for my skin. Yeah. But I used to love their makeup. La Mer made makeup? I didn't even know that. Oh, it's great. I'm like not on the La Mer train. It's good makeup. It's really great. Really? And I used to use all types of makeup. Like I'm the girl that has like so much makeup. It's insane because I do full, I love a full face. Yeah, you're from the And so love it. Like I carry like two bags, massive bags everywhere I go. And I just got into Charlotte Tilbury and I'm Okay. So I... I'm sorry. It makes me look beautiful. I have no makeup on right now. But if you saw me, you'd be like, oh, you look so glowy and pretty. I'd be like, thanks. Wait. Okay. So here's my issue. And I'd love your opinion on this, especially from a PR background. I love Charlotte Tilbury products. Like I have... I love her lip pencils. I love her eyeshadow palettes. But then I've been reading about how horribly abusive the work environment is there. I mean account after account of the fact that she's like cursing people out. And I mean, people... are you kidding? We've all been in those environments. Of course. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I get it. But like at the same time, 
I think I grow a stronger background by people being assholes to me. Okay, so here's the thing. The product's amazing and it makes my skin beautiful. I feel the same way. But and I know I, it should be like women supporting women. No, I know. So that. I know. But here's the thing. Sometimes I feel like we kind of have like this weird Stockholm syndrome. Like we've been abused. Like, oh, I because- can name at least five people that I have. I have Stockholm syndrome and I'm very open about it. Yeah, you do. Okay. With like five different people, I'm very open about it. I will still pick up dry cleaning for people. I have Stockholm syndrome. Right. And that's like, the way I was trained. We're like, we and- internalize the abuse and think it's normal. And then it's like this new generation coming up under us like they get into the work environment and they're like what the hell someone's calling me at 2 a.m on a saturday and but, expecting me to respond but, we, but we, that's we, but that's the way you should be you well, should be responding to me but but i do this with my team all the time i'm like why are you not responding to me i don't understand but they have this totally different idea of how it should be to work and they but feel who, like but this is the way work works until another 20 years sorry i'm terrible i know oh i feel like we're just like on that like we're at the age where we're like on that cusp where like we were abused at the beginning of our careers so it's like normalized but now people working are like this is crazy. I mean, no, we cannot treat people the way that we were treated. Right, exactly. Like, I, but I legally, think, I think, legally, we cannot. I, like, if I screamed at people the way I was screamed at, I oh would be gosh. in jail. Of course. I mean, I'm stern and I am tough. I feel like you as a boss is scary. <laughs> like, I would not want to fuck up if I was on your team. <laughs> no comment. No comment. No comment. I yeah. plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? I think it is good to develop a thick skin, but I also truly, truly don't believe in someone staying in a toxic work environment. And no, I think, I think so too. I think there's to get both out. sides. If you're being like bullied and like degraded, like you have to leave. But at the same time, if Charlotte Tilbury is an asshole, I still love her makeup. Yeah, her makeup. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. my skin look really pretty. <laughs> Got it. And I glow. So yeah. it's glow. Yeah, it's 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 like this whole Leave cance- the office. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this whole cancel culture thing where it's like, Okay, so do I, can I never listen to another Kanye West song because he's an idiot? You know? Like, he's terrifying. I mean, yes, he has very problematic views, but I enjoy his music still. Same. It's like a lot of things. It's like, yeah. Also, I mean, this terrible say, but do I enjoy a lot of Weinstein movies? Yes. Yes. Same. I Woody still Allen. Him. Like, I lo- do I know that Woody Allen is kind of a. Yeah. I, I mean, it's Blue a Jasmine, Annie love Hall. It. I mean, incredible love movies. Love I know. Him. It's tough. I mean, at a certain point, you know, there was an interesting. Do you listen to The Daily? Of course. Every day. Every day. Michael Barbara. And it was really, ugh, God, obsessed. But, you know, did you listen to the one? I think it was last Friday. Oh, about it was the, the Me Too. Oh, my God. It was fascinating. It was yeah. really, really interesting. Yes. It was a very interesting podcast because it got into this fact of like how the movement was so powerful at a certain time. And now it's totally not backfire, but it's like it's become this other thing. Oh, you know, I just saw something Ellen DeGeneres did. She, there was a picture of her and George W. Bush. Yeah, they were hanging out. Right. Keying it up. People were pissed. And she was like, hi, just because I have different viewpoints doesn't mean I can't be friends with that person. Right. Which is really how the world should be working. Totally. But and we don't so like doing unfortunate. that. We don't like engaging in conversation with people that think differently than us. Well, we prefer to just like cancel them. But that's also sometimes where the situation is where social media hides. You can totally. hide and you can be so much more negative. And you totally. can, that's, that's then the, but I think, the terror of social media. I think that gets back to you and I being people like we like people and we like talking to people. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that I think that podcast listeners are a very unique group of people because it's this desire and interest to get close to or understand the thinking of people other than yourself. 100%. Right? The only other podcast I've done is the one 51 First Dates, which is hilarious. Okay, where we I'll get, check it out. I haven't seen it. Oh my it. God. My Heard podcast, it. if you listen, it's the one I did. I'm going to do another one, I think, on the 20th with the girls. They're so funny. Danielle Prescott actually put me up for that. Do you know Danielle? Have you brought her on? Oh my gosh. Yes. She's a hoot on a podcast. She's great. I love her. Um, she brought me in and of course like we downed a bottle of makers like not a bottle we oh bound a handle of makers so needless to say i went rogue 
<laughs> Wait, I'm like very stressed about the time that we have. Oh, we only have five minutes left. Oh my Shoot, gosh. What are okay. the lessons? We have so many. Okay. I I'm sorry. To... We were chatting. I know. We need to. Okay. What were your biggest beauty mistakes? Oh my God, y'all. So first of all, I was blonde for most of my life. Like bleak blonde. Wait. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I you said for... blonde. <laughs> oh, no, not blonde. Blonde. Okay. You were blonde. Okay. Oh, blonde. So for like, like high school and cl- Oh my God. I was heinous. My friend Lee tells the story. It's so funny. She's like, her hair got so fried. She had to chop it off. So senior year during senior portraits, I had to chop all my hair off and had this, like you look beautiful oh with short hair because you have the bone structure. I don't have the bone structure. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not meant for short hair. Oh my God. I looked heinous. The burn, oh the God. photos have all been burned, but they live away in a yearbook and it's horrible. So the lesson here is not to damage your hair by bleaching it. Correct. Okay. It's damage done there. Bangs. Okay. Bangs do not work for everyone. <laughs> Bangs are heinous sometimes. Okay. I feel like every single woman has a bang mistake. Like every single woman has cut bangs and been like, what the hell? I, I You know, some women are bang friendly and they look good with bangs. Yeah, some people do look good with bangs. heinous with bangs. Yeah. So, you have great yeah. eyebrows. It'd be like sad to hide them. Well, I used to overpluck. I've been worked mm. very, very hard to get Your these brows eyebrows are beautiful. back. This has been a two-year to three-year process of growing. They're thriving. A lot of like it's a lot of t- yeah thank you they're thriving thank you any other beauty mistakes i mean there's so many i have so many beauty mistakes have you always been really naturally thin uh-huh which okay. used to be like the girl that drank insurer for lunch every day oh wow you were trying to gain weight yeah actively. forever forever yeah. it's always been a thing that i'm too skinny it's like an insecurity thing for me but now i'm like thriving in it i'm like yes <laughs> sample size yeah, yeah. but like throughout my youth it was a very insecure factor forever mm. did you care about having like a full chest I actually don't know what happened to them, but I had like CDs in college. It might have been the weight gain or, you know, I have an IUD now, but I used to be on birth control. And I think that was a part of it too. And then without birth control, my boobs are bigger, but something happened when I got my IUD like three years ago. And I am just like, uh, like, here's my sternum. Welcome. (laughs) Come nuzzle it. I feel like people that have large breasts don't even want them. No, they don't. But I loved my big boobs. I was going to say you've always been comfortable with your body, but it sounds like you were used to be insecure no, no, about no. being I skinny. I used to be so insecure about being skinny. Okay. So but you overcame that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Wait, can I tell you something I recently did? Yeah. So I have to give this plastic surgeon a shout out, Dr. Ryan Neinstein. Okay. I did M-Sculpt for the first time. What is that? Oh, well, okay. First of all, I've always had a flat ass. Like okay. you could iron things on it. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, at first I like wasn't open about telling people about this, and I was like, "Fuck it, it's yeah. it's great." So no matter how much I work out, like no matter how much yeah. I work out, Squats. I cannot get a booty. Okay. So there's this thing called M Sculpt, okay. and it I don't really understand the machine, but you go to Dr. Ryan Neinstein, but you essentially it's like in one session of these electric currents, you get like twenty thousand squats. Wait, and you do what? four sessions of it. What is and you it? Doing your abs? I don't know how to explain it. Is it like? Like physically, what is it like? Tongs, like, like no. I'm gonna show you a pic. Oh wait, I'm gonna show you after. But it's like these two. Like, do you know the things when like you have a heart attack and they have to like? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, they look like that, and, and they, they just put, put it options. on your like bare. And you butt. just not even bare. I wore spandex. I okay. wore a dress, and it just like jiggles. And it actually, yeah. And it for actually how long? gave me for like 30 minutes, four sessions, and it gave me like a rear end. And you know what it does? It builds real muscle. So now I've been able to maintain the muscle and like, I feel stronger in my butt. This is crazy. Like I can do str- I've never like, heard of this. I go to SLT and I can like do move that stuff. thing way more than I ever could before. Really? And I know that's crazy, but I just did it. Like it's wild, but I have a little tush finally. A little- oh my God. That's so cute. Wait, how much is this? So I think it's like 3000, but it's like 750 a session. Okay. But it's like, it's expensive. But like a ton of supermodels do it. But oh, it like really? Works. 
you know what's so crazy about models? I hate reading interviews with like these Victoria's Secret models about their beauty routine and they talk about like drinking water and like that does not do it. Jump they, those bitches work out so fucking much. Not only they're do they also work doing out, like Imsculpt and they're also yeah. doing like crazy things. Like <laughs> that takes effort. They're getting crazy facial treatments, lasers, they're getting fillers, they're going to the like they're doing everything that you can pay to do. And then like when they're because it's their job. Exactly. But like, I just wish they'd be more honest about it. Well, I don't think any, our our culture doesn't allow you to be honest. Like, for example, I've had a nose job. Guess what? I love it. And I'm so proud of it. Right. And I love my nose job. Thank you, daddy. But but you think it's like like but people, people most people are like, oh, I didn't have a nose job. I'm like, whatever. I totally own it. I don't yeah. care. So, Savannah, when do you feel most beautiful? So this is a sensitive subject, right? I feel like most women are like, oh, I feel most beautiful when I am like in the shower and I feel really raw with myself. Like, fuck off. I feel most beautiful when I have my hair curled. I have hot rolling hair. My eyelashes are on fleek. I have eyeliner. My face is perfect. My lips are done. Things are looking beautiful. I am in a gown and I am tight (laughs) and I am fit and I am in six inch heels. All okay. right. That is when I'm feeling most beautiful, when I'm my most made up and looking my finest. And I'm sorry. I'm That's fine to say truth. that. That's like, that truth. is my truth. Like, people are like, oh, would you rather be on makeup? No, I look fantastic with makeup. Yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic. Okay, cheers to that. Cheers to, like, just being extra and glam. Because I love being glam and extra. I look good. You do. My southern hair is fly. <laughs> Amazing. This is just a sign, the fact that we've <laughs> run out of time that you need to come back and just grace us with your presence and stories oh, I because I feel bro. like you're just like a well of information. I mean, it's like a well of shit talking too. I know. Like, it's like, wait, no, don't put that in there. <laughs> I know. We didn't even get to your buffalo um, chicken wing story. Oh, my love. Uh, for another time, for another podcast. Oh. You guys will have something to look forward to when Savannah comes back. Oh, hoot and holler time, gang. Just remember, ranch is key. <laughs> hoot and holler. <laughs> love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.